Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Welsh Cupid podcast. I'm Jane, and today my special guest is James Priest. James is the UK's top dating expert and celebrity dating coach, and he's been working in the industry for nearly 20 years. He's a regularly featured expert in UK and international media, and he has a leading dating podcast called The Love Machine. He's the author of 15 best-selling dating books, including the critically acclaimed online dating guide, I Will Make You Click, which is an Amazon number one bestseller. And he was voted one of the world's top dating experts for men by datingadvice.com. I also want to say a big thank you to James because he's the person who gave me the title of the Welsh Cupid. James, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on the Welsh Cupid podcast, particularly as you have a Welsh connection on your father's side. I do. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, my dad was Welsh. He left Wales when he was about 18 to come to London, but I've got many Welsh family now, cousins, aunts, uncles, who I don't see that much, sadly, but they are still there in the in the Welsh valleys. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us how you got started in the industry? Absolutely. I'll give you the sort of shortened version of this story because it can go on for a very long time if I give you the full extended version. But to have it in a nutshell, many, many years ago, I used to be an actor and I loved acting. It was a great thing to do. And I was single. I went on lots of dates at the same time. And I realised acting didn't always pay a lot of money. So luckily for me, I managed to gate crash a massive singles party in London called Chemistry, which had thousands of people there, many celebrities in attendance, celebrity speed dating, that sort of thing. And I put on a T-shirt because my friend was working there. I pretended to be a host and absolutely loved it. And I realised that all my acting skills were very transferable, things like confidence, body language, conversation, those sort of things. So after that, I thought I loved this. And I reached out to all the other singles events companies. I said, can I come and work for you? And it went down really, really well. I worked for about 10 different companies doing that. Then I met my wife and I wasn't allowed to do any more dating anymore. But luckily, some of the guests at these events started paying me to teach me to teach them all the secrets that I had in terms of dating and confidence and things like that. So it grew from there. I trained as a life coach. And then here we are 18 plus years later. And we're very old now. But many years later, here I am doing this. And it's the best job ever. It does sound like such an amazing job. And I imagine so rewarding as well. Can you tell us some of the things that your job involves day to day? I have many different hats when it comes to being a dating coach and dating expert. Primarily, I work one-to-one -one with singles all over the world. I give them confidence. I teach them how to do dating apps, where to find people, how to interact, how to get into relationships and then stay in them. That's the bulk of what I do. And as part of this, I'm a coach for many different agencies all over the UK and also the world, hopefully soon as well, who use me as their coach to make sure everyone gets a good return on their investment and knows what they're doing right at the start of the journey. I am a consultant for many different brands who come to me and say, James, we're building this app. What can we do? How can we make it more engaging? We want to get coaching on there. What do we do? And I love doing that as well. And I get involved with singles events quite a lot and I host them and I become a dating coach at the events. And I write books. I have my own Love Machine podcast, as you mentioned, and you kindly guessed it for me on there, which is great. <laughs> and I try and do different things as much as I can, because dating is always evolving and things are changing. So I try and be the one that makes the change rather than being left behind, because some people do. People don't know how to evolve with this. And there are many companies that have been going a very, very long time, and they want to sort of refresh things a little bit. Yeah, as you mentioned, dating is always changing and evolving. 
What are some of the common dating challenges that people face today? Yeah, there are quite a few common dating challenges, unfortunately. First of all, people do not know how to meet people or of the right sort of quality or interest that they've got. They are told they should go onto a dating app initially and they should find people, which is great. They serve their purpose. You can reach out to as many people as you want and hopefully get a success that way. The trouble is you've got no way of knowing if that person's right for you, if that person's even real nowadays. Things like AI are coming along now and you can have fake pictures, fake profiles, even fake voices to some degree. People aren't sure what to do. And people aren't meeting the same way they were maybe 10 years ago. They aren't working in the offices anymore. They're working remotely. They can't afford to go out and socialize in the same way they were before. So they're very confused. And a big challenge is where do you go out and meet these people, particularly people that you might be interested in? So luckily, I have all the solutions to this as much as possible and help them realize that it's not just them. Because another challenge is they feel, well, it's just them, the last one standing. They're the ones that goes to a wedding and on the singles table with some old granny sitting there or some old aunt sitting at the table with them. They think, why has everyone else got somebody? They think, well, my, all my family and friends have got kids. They're all married off. I feel really alone. I'm not sure what to do. So loneliness is also quite a big challenge. So it's helping them realize that they are millions and millions of people, even in the UK, who are still single in the same position as them, who would love to meet them. It's getting out there and just reaching them in the right way. If you have met someone that you like and you're at the beginning of a new relationship, what are some good conversation starters or topics to discuss when you're in the early stages of getting to know each other? Yeah, first of all, take it quite slowly is my advice. You've got to savour this. Do not rush into anything too quickly. There's nothing worse than having too many dates, too many long conversations, too many really, really long dates. Because if you accelerate full steam ahead, it can only sort of go downhill after that. So things to talk about on a first date, for example, are just light and friendly topics. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about your ex. Don't talk about anything negative at all. Use positive language patterns. So everything that comes out of your mouth, at least in the first 15, 20 minutes, needs to be positive. Because all we know about you is what you've written in your profile, what someone's given you that information. So sell yourself in the right way. Talk about things that make you happy and find out about them. Show a genuine interest in the other person. Find out what makes them tick. Are they close to their family? What are they passionate about in life? Have they had any interesting holidays? Things like that. It is not the time on a first date to be finding out their life story or all the things they've done in their life, all the achievements. Because to be honest, if you're not that interested in them, you aren't going to remember that anyway. So save that for a future date and take time just to evolve and get to know each other. The most important thing when it comes to conversation on first dates and beyond it's just to have fun. Take things slowly, be playful, be fun, and then make sure that person feels special and important, then you're gonna feel special and important too. Many people can be quite shy opening up and they've got a bit of a wall around themselves and they can be a bit guarded. That's perfectly normal, but let that wall down brick by brick slowly and just ask the right questions and see what happens. And if they don't wanna answer it, so be it, they're not the right person for you. But hopefully the more things you do, the more conversations you have over time, the more likely you're going to have some things in common. You'll discover some shared memories or you're going to create some new ones. Do you have any tips that you can give people who struggle with conversation and creating a connection on a date? Humour is always the best thing when it comes to this. A little bit of flirting and a little bit of humour. And people are scared of this because they think that flirting is a sexual thing, but it's not. It's just a friendly thing to start with. Make someone laugh. Make someone feel comfortable. Talk about what's around you. You might have an awkward silence or two, but that's good. That's a time to think about and to reflect what's going on. Use everything around you as a talking point. 
Maybe you get a shared joke together. Talk about the waiter. Talk about a barman. Are they celebrity lookalikes anywhere? What's the person on the next table? What conversation are they having? You can make voices up and decide what they're talking about. Absolute nonsense. The more nonsense and fun you have, the more childlike we become and the more we can relax. Because when we're children, we don't care what we talk about. There's no fear of rejection. And we just have that there and have fun. So I always encourage people to be fun and playful on these dates, wherever it might be. And if someone doesn't get that and someone's far too serious and stuck up or boring or dull, they're not for you anyway, are they? They're not the right person. Find someone that embraces your silliness and you can embrace theirs. And don't worry about what you say because you don't have to ever see them again. There's no such thing as a bad date. It's an opportunity to tell your friends about what a weird time you had and just embrace it. And if it's not the right person for you, at least you got yourself out there and you've got more chance of meeting someone next time. You have to walk in a lot of doors, as they say in acting. You have to knock on a lot of doors to get apart. And it's the same as true as dating. I don't want to say kiss a lot of frogs because I don't really agree with that statement <laughs> because that involves a lot of kissing frogs, which isn't a very good thing, is it? <laughs> I think go out there. Just If you're not having fun, don't do it. As simple as that. But yeah, the right person will make you feel incredible. Something that can be quite difficult when you're just starting to date someone is knowing how often you should communicate with them in the early stages. For example, if you text them quite regularly, you might come across as needy, but if you don't text them enough, then you may seem distant and not interested. So how can you establish a healthy level of interaction in a new relationship to ensure things progress at an appropriate pace? Sure. Well, first things first, when you meet someone on the dating apps, for example, you might have a few texts. I suggest having a conversation on the telephone for about 10 minutes just to break the ice and get on with meeting them quite quickly because they could be talking to lots of other people at the same time. So have a very quick conversation and then say to them, great, we've got the date lined up. Send me a text the day before just to reconfirm that and then we'll see each other there and let them know it's okay. You don't have to keep in contact to start with. How was your day? What's going on? Looking forward to seeing you. What have you been up to? That's all complete nonsense until you've met somebody. Now, when you've met somebody and you actually care about seeing them again and you want to hear from them, then I think a few texts each day, just letting them know you're thinking about them, looking forward to the next time are quite good. Use little teaser texts, get them excited to see you. And if you want to have phone calls, then maybe things are a bit more serious, have the odd phone call. But whatever it might be, if someone's over texting you or not calling you enough, whatever happens, let them know reasonably early on in the conversations you're having. So maybe about two or three dates in when you, you're really excited to see them, but maybe you're a bit disappointed they're not texting you enough or they're over texting you. Just say to them, look, I love getting your texts every single day, but it'd be so nice to hear your voice sometimes instead. Or it'd be great. I don't really hear from you very often, but I'd love to hear from you a little bit more. Are you comfortable with that? And then they will know what the right thing is to do. At that stage, I call it the honeymoon period of dating. They're still really keen to impress you. If you come into this in three months time and say, look, why don't you ever text me? Why don't you ever call me? Why do you have to text me so much? It becomes an issue. And by that stage, they've learned these new patterns and routines and that's become the normal life for them. So let them know early on. If something's not right, let them know and establish things the right way. But yeah, as always, just take it completely slowly until you're ready and keep momentum going. So date once a week, communicate whenever you want to. I used to speak to my wife for an hour every single day, right up until we got married. That's what we used to do. And now we never talk. <laughs> that's that's not true. I always <laughs> add that one in because it makes me laugh. But we used to talk all the time. It's sort of pre-social media days, really, to some degree. Facebook was still starting out. But I think people now have got shorter attention spans. So savour it and make sure you, you are genuinely excited to see them and to speak to them. And don't say too much on the phone and don't overtext. Otherwise, you've got nothing to say when you meet them in real life. What do you think to that? I completely agree with that. 
it can be difficult though, can't it? Because if someone seems really nice, really genuine, and you've got a great connection, the chemistry is there, you think, well, I really want to keep talking to them, but I don't want to come across as too keen too soon. So you're kind of stopping yourself doing what feels natural and right to you in a way, because you don't want to come across too intense and give the wrong impression. The secret is to always leave them the chance to miss you. That's the biggest gift you can give them, a chance to miss you. That's when chemistry takes place. That's when you get excited to see them and your chemistry going through the brain. And I can't wait to see them. I'm really excited. The endorphins, all the wonderful feelings of this. If you over text and you always meet someone's thoughts constantly, then that can it's not going to give a chance for that to happen. But by missing each other, when you do meet each other, it's so much more magical. So what about people who may have had negative experiences in past relationships? How can they rebuild their confidence and feel ready to start dating again? Many people do come to me who've had a bad relationship or maybe they've been widowed or they've been separated or divorced and not really sure what to do. The advice is the same. Take things nice and slowly. There's no need to do anything you don't want to do. But don't treat the next person that you meet in the same way the last person treated you. Everyone's different. Do not go into this looking for someone like your ex. Don't expect to meet someone like your ex or someone that's hurt you in the past. Go into this with completely fresh eyes and give everyone a chance. So many people nowadays will just scan through lots of people and reject them for daft reasons. Give them the opportunity to get to know each other, have a lovely time and work out, is this someone for me or not? But go into it as slowly as you'd like. But the most important thing to do is just to get started. People come to me, they've waited three years, they've waited 10 years, waited 20 years to find love again. They've been focusing on their work or focusing on bringing up children, but now they're ready. Don't waste any more time. Get on with this now. Get Start the dating journey. Maybe go onto a dating app. Maybe you can start a matchmaker like you. Maybe go to a singles event. Maybe just tell your friends that you're open now and see if they can help you find somebody. Just do something, get the ball rolling. Then your confidence will grow over time. If you've not had a date for a very long time or things haven't worked out in the past and you're expecting bad things, then the best thing you can do is have a little bit of a break and then go forwards and just start off slowly. By going to a singles event and going speed dating, for example, maybe you'll meet 15, 20 people and then you're no dates for so many years or no good dates for so many years. Little thing you tell yourself isn't true anymore. So create a new story for yourself but to do it at the pace that you're comfortable with. Yeah, taking some time out for yourself to clear your head and having a break after a relationship has ended can be the best thing you can do. And it'll give you a chance to reflect on what you're looking for and what you want out of your next relationship. Can you provide some guidance on recognizing when a relationship has long-term potential and when it might be time to move on? I do not allow people to settle as part of my coaching. It's very important. You're not in this. You're not coming to me or to a matchmaker or to anybody else, even joining a dating app in the expectation that I don't want to be on my own. Therefore, I'm not going to be too fussy with this. Fussy is different. Settling is not allowed. Compromise, absolutely. Settling, no. So if someone you are dating makes you feel good, they treat you with respect, they are doing what they promise they're going to be doing. They call you when they're going to call you. They turn up on time, make you feel important. You have a really good time. Give it a go. Ride that wave. Absolutely, 100%. And if they make you feel bad, they you're not really sure. Your gut's telling you, you know, I like them, but I'm not really sure what they're thinking. And I am not really don't know if it's time to get out of this. Have a conversation with them. Maybe they're just nervous. Communication is number one to any of this. Communication is key to any sort of happy relationship. Have a conversation. Find out what they're thinking. And if it's what you want, hopefully you can work together to improve things or you can, if it's going well, it can carry on improving. But if you're not really sure, ask them. If you don't get the answers that you want, then absolutely get yourself out of the situation. Go and find somebody 
who is going to make you happy and set that person free to go and meet someone that's going to make them happy as well. There's nothing worse than being in a bad relationship and staying in it. It's just a waste of your life. Please don't do that. Go out there, have fun and find someone that brings out the joy and makes you excited every single time that you see them. But having said that, no one's perfect. We've all, we've all got faults there and overlook them because we've all got a bit of a dark side or something we don't want everyone to see at certain times, certain bad moods, wherever it might be. You have to love somebody warts and all. So make sure they are worth it. <laughs> make sure they, they are worthy of your love. We have so many different options available to us these days, but it seems to be harder than ever to meet a compatible partner. What are some effective strategies for finding a partner if someone is having difficulty meeting new people in their daily life? Because it's really hard, especially if you work from home yeah. or going out to clubs isn't your scene. So many people, even if they don't work from home, they go out to work, come home, they're tired and all they want to do is chill out and relax and it doesn't leave them with much time to meet anybody. So do you have any advice for how people could meet somebody new if they are in this kind of situation? Absolutely. If you've been doing the dating apps for ages and it hasn't been working, don't just go into the cycle of then deleting it, starting another one, carrying on. It doesn't work that way. What you have to do is be excited about dating and you have to be in the right mood and the right mindset. We can all make time for things that are important to us. That's an important thing to remember. We're never too busy. We can always, rather than watching an hour of TV, we can spend that hour talking to somebody or having a conversation, going out on a date and doing something different. Maximize your time. People often say to me, I'm so busy, Jane, I'm so busy, but they go to the gym five times a week. I said, well, use that time, skip one workout and go and meet someone new. And start conversations with people you don't know as well. It's just a scary thing to do, but you don't know what's going to happen. You can do it in a friendly way, in a coffee shop, in the gym, a bus stop, on the train. Start a conversation. If nothing else, you'll make their day by paying them a compliment or saying something nice. But what I would say, if you've tried all these things, if you've tried events, you've tried matchmaking, you've tried dating apps, it hasn't been working, then get some professional help in. Someone like dating coach like me, a matchmaker like you, someone that can actually really give you a push and give you a new plan. Because this definition of madness, of course, to keep doing the same thing over and over again, unsupported. And we're not your friend in the sense we're going to tell you what you want to hear. We're here to help you and to guide you. We know what we're doing. So get some help because we can fix this problem. In the same way, you might go to that gym and get a personal trainer. Get a personal trainer for love in the same way. Someone that's going to give you a plan and kick you up the bum if you don't stick to it. That's important. Because maybe by trying something different, a different photo, a different event, going to a meetup group, going to a, a social club and meeting new people, getting outside your comfort zone very slightly is going to push you towards what you want. We have to get out of our house. Like you said, no point sitting around watching Netflix every night, eating pizza and saying, I wish Mr. and Mrs. Wright would knock on the door. Not going to happen. Unless, of course, they're bringing that pizza to you and they could be really hot. That would be an amazing coincidence, wouldn't it? But <laughs> if not, go into this and just do something about it now. Make time, please. What about people who are in relationships but they may not be particularly happy with their partner and they might be afraid to walk away because they're scared of being alone and worried in case they won't find anyone else. Yeah, it's a natural fear. It's why people stay in jobs that they hate all their lives. But what it's doing, every time you're with somebody that you're not happy with, you're sucking a bit of energy out of your life. You're wasting another day and you're wasting their time as well. The best thing to do is to draw a line under it. Get some support of your family and friends. Tell them what you're doing because you might be very lonely initially thinking well i've got no one else to talk to talk to your support circle they would love to hear what's going on and look after you that's the important thing it is so much better to be with someone who makes you happy or, or be on your own than it is to be with someone that's toxic 
And please get yourself out. If you have to do that with your friend's help, maybe you're slightly dangerous or you're a bit nervous about how the person's going to react to that. doesn't matter. Get your friends to help move you out at the same time if you live with them. Don't stay in that anything that makes you unhappy because what's going to happen then? You're just going to waste your life and suck more and more energy. And you're going to end up becoming depressed and ill and it's just a complete waste of life. Best thing you can do is to think, do you know what? I need time on my own, me time, bit of time for self-love, bit of time to reboot myself. And it's so much better. What people don't realise is when they're in a bad relationship is that the next one could be so much better. And even if you break your heart, you think, do you know what? Going out there, I promise you, you will meet someone better. It makes you happy. But you have to take that leap to start with. Otherwise, you're never going to be in the right mindset for it. So do something about it. Please, if anyone's listening now and they are in a bad relationship or not happy, get yourself out as soon as you can. It's better to have a couple of months on your own, going, doing all the things, reconnecting with things that you bring you joy in life. And then you can start again. But please don't waste any more time. Well, thank you so much, James. We really appreciate you taking the time today to have a chat with us about dating and certain challenges we may come up against. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, well, that's great to hear. You offer online coaching sessions for clients. Is this worldwide? It is. I have clients everywhere. In fact, I coach for other coaches sometimes who use me as their coach. They love what I do and my reputation and I put the fun back into this. So <laughs> if somebody does want to have a session with me, it can be done over Zoom. So anywhere in the world, the comfort of your own home, as I say. And you can find out more about that on my website, which is jamespriest.com. And if you go on there, there's lots of free advice. There's a book you can download about finding your soulmate for free. Normally on Amazon, I charge for that, but I'm giving it away free at the moment. So download that, join my mailing list, stay in touch, and hopefully you can hear all the wonderful things that I'm up to, including my podcast and the great episode I've got with you, Jane, in particular. Definitely check out James's podcast, The Love Machine. Where can people find your podcast? The podcast is connected on my website. There's a link on there directly. And if you just Google The Love Machine anywhere on Spotify, on iTunes, on Amazon, all over the internet, absolutely everywhere, on your phones, CastBox, you can find The Love Machine. You'll find it on there. Over 160 plus episodes on there. And it's a great way of finding out all the wonderful guests I've had over the last year and a half. All sorts of things to do with bringing more love into your life. And there's lots of spiritual stuff, lots of dating advice, advice on heartbreak, on relationships, on getting a job that you love. Anything that I find interesting, and I talk to some wonderful guests on there. Well, thank you so much, James. It's been great speaking with you today, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on my podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Thanks, James. <laughs>